Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. It's Paul Tizard, fear of flying coach for over 25 years. And today's podcast, I thought I would do something a little different. I'm going to share with you a short snippet from the 30-day program. And this podcast is today Stages of Flight. So Captain Steve Ball will talk you through all the stages of flight uh, for about 10 or 12 minutes, which will give you a really good understanding of exactly what's going on and the sort of things you might hear and feel. Hi everyone, I'm uh, Steve Bull. I'm presently a commercial airline pilot with Virgin Atlantic. I've been flying commercially for 31 years. Uh, I've been with Virgin Atlantic 24 years. And before that, I was with Monarch Airlines for seven years. Uh, I started flying short haul Boeing 737s around Europe and the Mediterranean. And then when I joined Virgin Atlantic 24 years ago, I flew the uh, Boeing 747, the jumbo jet for 16 years. And the last eight years I've been flying the very modern jet, the Dreamliner, the Boeing 787. I'm also an examiner and an instructor. So I teach new pilots and I also examine pilots that come in for their license renewal, which they have to do every six months. I've also been responsible for being part of the team that introduced the 787 to Virgin Atlantic. So went off to uh, Seattle and did some test flying with those test pilots out there and then responsible for being head of training on the 787 for about five years. At the age of 53, and like I say, I've been flying 31 years and I'm still here. Okay, stages of flight. Uh, when the passengers are checking into the terminal about three hours before departure, the pilots, the flight crew, pitch up to the airport two hours before departure. And in that time, and the cabin crew also, and in that time, uh, we set about planning for that particular flight. That involves obviously looking at the weather from A to B. Uh, we look at the weights of the aeroplane and how much fuel we have to take. Uh, how much fuel we take is uh, not enough just to get to destination. We carry fuel to then arrive at the destination. If the weather or something was preventing us from making an immediate landing, take extra fuel to take up a holding pattern. Uh, we also then take up, sorry, we carry extra fuel in order to divert somewhere to another airfield and then hold at that airfield, et cetera, et cetera. So we always have contingencies. So a lot of people ask them, do we actually arrive with absolutely nothing left in the tanks? And no, that's not, not true. We always uh, land with extra fuel in the tanks. So then we go out to the aeroplane an hour before, and then we load the flight management system computers on the aeroplane, and we load all the routing, all the navigation, et cetera, et cetera, whilst all the passengers are getting on board. So the passengers getting on board, of course, you're settling in uh, into the cabin, obviously wondering what's all going on. Then you might hear a very uh, dull PA from <laughs> the pilots um, welcoming you on board. And you're wondering, obviously, you know, who the hell are they? But trust me, the most important destination for them in the world is their home. So they do this job because they know it, it is absolutely safe and they love doing what they do. So you're in good hands. Then we close the doors for departure. A lot of people uh, obviously get a little bit anxious at that point. But again, absolutely nothing to worry about. We push back from stand and then we start the engines and all sorts of 
noises start to rumble through the cabin. Now, the cabin is made of all sorts of different materials. You know, there's plastics, there's all sorts of leather, there's material, anything. And things do start to squeak and rattle and stuff as the engines uh, start. Now, people obviously worry about, you know, is the aeroplane held together uh, with glue? <laughs> it's not. That's just quite normal. It's a bit like one of those annoying rattles that you find in your car. I certainly have one and have never been able to find where the rattle is coming from. But that's just the sort of thing. Anyway, once we've started the engines, we taxi out towards the runway. And taxiing airfields are a huge place. And we sometimes have extremely long uh, taxi uh, routes out to the takeoff runway. And again, you know, you'll feel all sorts of lumps and bumps and the wheels go over. We have cat's eyes, just like we do on a road because all the taxiways are lit up. So sometimes, you know, you can feel the wheels clunking over the cat's eyes. And again, the suspension and an aeroplane is not designed to be like a Rolls Royce, a comfort ride, because aeroplanes love to fly. <laughs> Being on the ground is, is foreign to an aeroplane. So the undercarriage is very rigid for obvious reasons, for strength. So sometimes that can be uncomfortable. Then we come to the moment of uh, takeoff. So you can often see outside the window, you know, lining up on the runway. A lot of people start to, and uh, their thought process start to uh, kick into, into life. On takeoff, of course, we're going to use a lot of thrust from the engine. So the first thing you hear is when we advance the thrust levers, the engines spool up a lot of noise and a lot of vibration through the cabin. Again, that's all quite normal then you begin to accelerate down the runway you'll feel that probably uh, as you get pressed back into your, your chair now we can come back to this later about how we calculate the performance for takeoff so but just suffice to say that every single takeoff is different because when we know the weight of the airplane uh, we calculate what speed we need to achieve in order to lift that weight off the airplane so everything is taken into account but we always err on the side of caution. We have a speed, it's called V1. It's a calculated speed at which point, up to that point, we can stop the aeroplane and decelerate safely. After that speed, no matter what's wrong with the aeroplane, and this is something that we train for in the simulator every six months, which I talked about earlier. After that speed, we have to take a problem, if we have a problem, into the air. It's all erring on the side of safety. So you're in good hands. Anyway, once we rotate, so you start to feel a sensation of all sorts of weird things going on in, in, in your physical, logical being. Now, um, just a quick biology, biology lesson, if anyone remembers uh, in biology. So your ears, um, there are three parts to your ear, the outer ear, the middle ear, and the inner ear. And the inner ear, there's a, a very minute, sensitive hairs, and these are our balance uh, machine, if you like. And they are extremely clever in knowing what's going on around us and how we achieve balance in ourselves. So if you can imagine, one of the senses that we have taken away from us when we sit in an aeroplane is your sight. I know you can see sideways out of a window, but you can't see forwards because all you can see is the chair in front of you, the back of the chair in front of you. So what happens is your body now believes, obviously, that your sight has been taken away. So what happens in order to compensate is your inner ear hairs, those little micro hairs, go into hyper, hypersensitive mode. So any movement in the aeroplane now feels to you extremely exaggerated. So, for example, when we rotate lift off the ground, uh, we are lifting the nose roughly to about 15 degrees above the horizon. 
but to you this might feel like going vertical in a rocket to space so that's one of the first weird sensations and really makes some people think about how vertical we must be going but we're only going 15 degrees so if you actually look at the horizon and imagine 15 degrees it's not very much but it feels to you something a lot steeper now one of the biggest fears that people have that come on our courses is something always happens about a minute after takeoff and it's this sensation of dropping back to to earth now at 1500 feet 1500 feet everywhere around the world we have a procedure called noise abatement and it literally is to help anyone living in the vicinity of the airport that we reduce the thrust on the engines in order just to reduce the noise so at 1500 feet on every aeroplane what we do is we reduce the thrust to reduce the noise so in order to reduce the thrust of course we can't keep carrying on at 15 degrees nose up we lower the nose to approximately 10 degrees and as we lower the nose to 10 degrees that five degrees because of your inner ear and your hypersensitive little micro hairs now tell you that it, it seems like we're dropping back to earth but we're not all we've done is lowered the nose to 10 degrees you have this huge sensation in your stomach of dropping but we're not and all we're doing was we're still climbing albeit 10 degrees above the horizon instead of 15. so that's one of the uh, other things that you'll hear and of course just reducing the thrust of the engines outside together in your mind you hear a reduce in noise and you think your engines are failing, and then you feel the sensation of dropping. So automatically, two and two together make six, and then you think the worst is happening. So it's not. Anyway, coming out of an airport is just like driving around on motorways and roads. You've got to, at some point, turn left, turn right. So when we turn, of course, you have this sensation again, because you can't see forwards. Uh, every time we, we turn, which is, if you picture the, an aeroplane in equilibrium flight, a turn is a roughly about 30 degrees angle of bank. But that 30 degrees to you feels like we're almost tipping on its side. And especially if you're sitting by a window. So all of a sudden, all you can see, say you're turning towards, you know, turning left and you're sitting on the left hand side. All you'll see is ground. So you're convinced that we're 90 degrees almost, uh, you know, upside down. And everyone, of course, on the other side, all they can see is sky. So to them, of course, they think we've gone upside down as well. So all we're doing is 30 degrees of bank and then we roll the wings level also coming out of an airport because you imagine there's airplanes going out and there's airplanes coming in so it's a bit like a game of snakes and ladders and air traffic control have the most amazing job at hand in order to separate all these airplanes so sometimes we have to level off and then when we level off of course to maintain that altitude we have to obviously reduce the thrust because we're now lowering the, the nose of the airplane to, to a level flight so you'll hear a huge reduction in noise and the engines. And of course, that's quite alarming if you don't really realise what's going on. And then all of a sudden you get cleared to climb again. And of course, a load of thrust will come on the engines, a lot of noise, vibration, mechanics. But that, all that means is we're climbing back up again. And of course, once we start climbing again, you'll feel exactly the same sensations. Your inner ear will tell you that although we're probably now climbing 10 degrees nose up, five degrees nose up, whatever. But to you, it feels like we're standing on our tail and going vertical in, um, in a moon rocket, but we're not. Anyway, eventually we get to top of climb about 20 minutes later and we're cruising along at our normal altitudes of about 35,000 feet, uh, which is about 10 kilometers above the ground. And then of course, once we're in flight, of course, the thrust of the engines will come back again and it's all pretty quiet then, all the way to the point of top of descent. 
now you get used to that being in the cruise so it's all quite quiet and you know your ears your equilibrium everything your whole physical being will get used to that anyway eventually we come to top of descent for our arrival into the airport so of course you've been used to what i've just said and at top of descent of course in order to start descending we have to reduce the thrust of the engines so all of a sudden it goes extremely quiet because the thrust of the engines are going back to idle now idle power so once again your inner ear your micro hairs in the inner ear are telling you now that we're you feel like we're having this dropping sensation well it's not we're actually lowering the nose to almost level flight, maybe one degree below the horizon. Because we've got idle thrust, we're reducing the lift over the wings. But like I say to you inside, it feels like we have this drop and set, but we're not, we're, you know, we are descending gently towards Mother Earth. Anyway, in order to come to a arrival into a runway, we've obviously got to reduce the speed from, you know, from cruising speeds of five, 600 miles an hour. So in order to land back on the runway that we took off, many hours ago. Runways are just short of sort of a couple of miles long, so 11, 12,000 feet long, but we can't land on those at 600 miles an hour. So we come in typically speeds roughly, just approximately, depending on the weight around, it's about 150 miles an hour. So in order to do that, we have to slow the aeroplane down. And in order to produce lots of lift on the aeroplane, which we'll come on to lift and engines later on, but just suffice to say, we have to make the wings bigger and we have to start putting flaps out and you'll see the wings growing out of your window. So in order to put these flaps out, lots of hydraulic motors come into effect and you'll hear lots of whirring sound. And then again, it can be quite disconcerting if you don't know what's going on. Anyway, we start slowing up and then you hear a, a huge noise outside the airplane. when we lower the landing gear uh, into the airflow. And again, lots of vibration in the cabin. So this can be quite disconcerting to anyone that is vaguely unfamiliar with what's going on, but it's all perfectly normal. So the wheels are down, the flaps are out and we start slowing down and we come on to approach. And again, we'll talk about weather later, but on the approach course, there's all sorts of mother nature, wind, rain, all sorts of things affecting the aeroplane. And sometimes, you know, that can feel very disconcerting because remember those micro hairs in your inner ear are telling you something that's very very exaggerated but it's not and if i can explain that by the pilots of course have a big window in front of them for obvious reasons so we we are not feeling those sensations however when pilots are passengers they do feel exactly what i've just been talking about but the difference is of course we know they're about to happen and we understand why they're happening and then the final stage of course we um we touch down every pilot wants to do a good landing a firm landing is not a bad landing, which most people think I'm never going to fly in that airline again. It's actually, it's actually one of the safest landings to do a firm landing because it means that you're not, if you can imagine, to do a really good landing, you're going to have to chew up a lot of runway and hover above the tarmac in order to touch down gently. So a firm landing is actually a textbook landing uh, because it reduces the amount of distance that you need to stop the aeroplane. Anyway, once we touch down, of course, we've got to stop the aeroplane. So we have brakes just like a car but they're really, really strong brakes. So the force of braking is, is quite considerable. And then of course, we also help the braking with um, reverse thrust on the engines and basically change the direction of flow of thrust through the engines. And that makes a huge noise as well. It's very noisy, but again, causes a lot of vibration. And because you can't see forward, all you're thinking is, is there enough runway for them to stop? But believe me, that's all been calculated because just like takeoff, we do exactly the same calculations for landing and then afterwards it's a gentle taxi in to the parking gate many hours later safe and sound 
So I hope you found that useful. Thank you, Steve. That was, like I said, a good run through of stages of flight. And that was taken from a short snippet from our 30 day program, which you can download if you want to. It's still on the website and it's still live. Anyway, hope you found that useful and uh, take care until next time.